make you sing and tap your little toes. Oh, oh, I wanna know. Hi, everybody. This is Chantel Lopez, and you are listening to the Thinking Pilates podcast. Um, I am here today with a very special guest, Stacy Mulvey. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Chantel. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Stacy is a recent graduate of the um, teacher training at the Pilates Center, and she's studied under Deborah Colway, my co-host, who is not joining us today. And we are talking about um, Stacy has been gracious enough to agree to come on and let us ask her some questions about her teacher training journey. And the, the topic's going to revolve, um, or at least orbit around what Deborah and I were talking about in the last show, which is just what's the experience of going through a teacher training program in terms of support that you need or support that you get, the commitment that you need to make in order to get through the program. And then what does that look like? How do we reflect on it? How does the experience, um, you know, uh, give us insights as we move on past our teacher training into our first, you know, teaching gig and maybe even into opening a business and, and, onward, even, you know, time and years past our teacher training, one of the specific things we were talking about was this idea of breakdowns and breakthroughs and how this can happen on a very um, kind of micro scale or um, can be very macro, can be a little bit bigger and more intense. So Stacy, um, I'm really excited to hear from you and to get some of your perspective about your teacher training program and, and just what do you think, you know, being kind of newly finished, um, I'm going to just let you maybe just jump in wherever you'd like. Like, I know you've spent some time, um, reflecting a little bit. What's like, what's one of the things that's coming up for you when you look back on your program now? Um, something that I realized that, um, now that I'm now that I've completed my program, and I actually sort of, um, I did, I, I essentially did um, two programs at the Pilates Center. Um, they have an advanced teacher training program. So when I started my program, I, I had no previous Pilates experience, and mm. so I just did the intermediate teacher training program, and then I bridged over to sort of make it the full, complete, advanced program. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started my teacher training program, I, like I just mentioned, I had no previous Pilates experience, which might seem a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, how did I end up, uh, wanting to teach Pilates? Um, but I, I honestly looked at, I, I knew I wanted to explore movement. Um, my background previous to entering the program was in IT and, um, jobs, I guess you could just boil it down to jobs involving troubleshooting and um, technology, being computers. And although I was competent and, and you know, had, um, had the ability, you know, to do that job, um, it was just, it was never something that where I felt fulfilled. Mm. And um, I um, came to those you know, I guess a breaking point in my life where I realized, like, I I had a passion, which was 
um, mindful movement, whatever that sort of meant to me at the time. And it was something that I knew was a passion for me, but I, I always kind of told myself that, you know, despite all the cliches that, oh, you should follow your passion and you should do what makes you happy, I was like, well, that's just not possible. Like, that's, that, that's what, you know, like, the voice of just like, well, that's, that wouldn't work. I, I, I couldn't sustain myself, like, economically, economically, that doesn't make sense. So when I arrived at that breaking point, I was like, you know what, what if I just kind of took that challenge that I was giving myself and either prove myself right and say, aha, you know, I, I tried it and it didn't work. And so all of that, you know, negative, negative talk that I was talking, you know, giving to myself was true or I could prove myself wrong. And then, you know, that would, wouldn't that be great? (laughs) So, um, and I looked at Pilates or yoga as, um, two possibilities. Um, I, I'd taken yoga, for a while, but I'd never taken Pilates, but what I, through my research, I decided that Pilates was where I wanted to go because it, it had offered more education, first of all, there was just more opportunity for education, and, and to me, it seemed as though Pilates was more of a profession due to the amount of education that you could get and the nature of the types of jobs you could get with Pilates. So I felt like it could take me, whether it was working out of a physical therapy office, um, in rehabilitation, or or just working out of a studio. It just seemed like there were more opportunities there. And so coming from the world that I was in, where I, which was very analytical and um, linear, um, Pilates was the choice I made, and I, I researched, um, different training centers and, and went with the Pilates Center because of their, their excellent reputation. What jumps out to you in terms of this idea of breakdowns, breakthroughs, support, commitment? Yeah, what, what, what comes up looking back is I just had no idea how deep it would go in terms of my um, in terms of my personality, in terms of really looking at myself and I really took for granted how how difficult but how rewarding it would be. Mm. Like, I really sort of looked at my training as I would just go in, I would just put in the time, I would learn a set of exercises, and then I would go teach them. <laughs> um, I really did not expect the transformation that I've that I see in myself when I look back to, to who I was when I started and to who I am now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize the, how rewarding that process would be. And that's why it's something I'm really grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, it, what you're saying is so, so familiar to me because I, in teaching teachers, I don't know how much Deborah has shared with you about what I do, but you know, it's like, it just, it happens over and over and over again. And a lot of teachers, I mean, are coming through our program or from other programs. Well, let me say this. Many teachers begin their teacher training program having little and sometimes no experience. And and I don't think Mm -hmm. that that's the defining piece um, because a lot of people also come with years and years of experience specifically to Pilates but that there is 
um, a certain expectation or um, a lack of, I mean, there's just a, there's a lack of knowing what this process is going to be like and what teaching is going to really in it like require of us. And I just, I just like, I kind of love to hear that you say that because I, I just think across the board, it's true for everybody. It's, it's an intense process. And even though, I mean, I don't know if anybody ever said anything like that to you, um, but I, I know that I say it again and again to my teachers coming into their program. It's like, this is, this is going to be more than you think, <laughs> you know, so let's, let's do some work to help set you up because it's always more. I mean, it was more for me. It was so much more for me, as you're saying, than I ever imagined it would be. I mean, it required so much more of me and, and it was, it was truly a transformation. Right. I, you know, someone may have told me, but I don't know, even if they had, I, I don't remember. And it was probably because I wasn't really open to hearing it. Yeah. I, you know, if it was said, because right. I, I was just so, at that point, my perspective was so narrow, I guess, you mm-hmm. know, looking back, like I really, I just didn't know what I'd gotten myself into. And, and that, you know, it, that, that's, I guess that's neither good or bad. In the end, it's it's great. Um, and at the time, I mean, it was like that's just who I was. <laughs> I, like I wasn't open to receiving that. Like you know, like oh my god, like I'll be a different person by the time I'm done. Right. Um, or I was probably like you know, sure, I'll be different. Right. Right. <laughs> no, no, I'm really different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I think that's true. So so let's get let's dive in a little bit and and what would you say? Like if you could pinpoint a moment and, and perhaps, and very likely there are many, but if you could pinpoint a moment, um, that you might consider a breakdown or a breakthrough, like what, you know, what was it like? What were some of the challenges like for you? Um, a moment that I do remember, um, the Pilates center, they, they have a formal lecture series where, um, they, they, well, they're still done in a live format. Um, now they're done online. You can also receive them online, right. but at the time they were only done live. And so I didn't really, again, I mean, it was something that was, it was information that was given to me, but I, I just could not grasp like what the actual process would be in that it was sitting, um, and, you know, a lecture format and, and diving into the Pilates work divided up by apparatus and then just going through in depth over this is the hundred, this is the roll up and just breaking it down. And, um, I just remember being so overwhelmed and so feeling so lost and like, I was like, this is, here we are. This is, these are so, these are these basic exercises. And I feel like, uh, I'm the only person in the room that does that, I, that doesn't get what's going on. Um, I would look at and Deborah. I remember Deborah was um, doing that first weekend, and you know she's fabulous. She's a, an amazing teacher. Um, but I just had this feeling that you know she obviously she clearly has a mastery of the work, and I'm like I just don't. I just felt like I was lost. Like I had no, 
um, I would I would never get what she was saying. Like, you know, she was clearly <laughs> delivering true and valuable information, but I just couldn't grasp it. Mm-hmm. And it was just this feeling of panic and like, oh, <laughs> like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> you know, like why would I think I could I could learn this, you know, and it just felt like almost like they were speaking a different language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um I remember going home and um, breaking down, you know, having this little, you know, I feel like when those, those breakdowns sort of sneak up on you, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not like you're like, oh, well, I'm going to break down when I get home. You know, it's like you're sort of like, okay, you know, everything's okay. And then, I don't know, some little trigger, some little thing or frustration kind of comes up and it's like, oh, oh my God, <laughs> like, I, this is, this is too hard. This is too hard. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And now, now what am I going to do? Like, I have just, I'm in over my head. I'm never going to understand. I'm never going to see what she's hoping I'll see. What mm-hmm. it seems like everyone else can see. Mm-hmm. Why can't I see that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was definitely, it was a rough it was a rough night and just sort of knowing that this was the rest of the weekend. So they were, the the lectures start on Friday and then go Saturday and Sunday. I, you know, I was like sort of in this panic still, like, you know, can I find a way out of this? Should I make up an excuse? (laughs) Should I come down with the flu? You know, what am I going to do? But I had to sort of go back to, can I prove what? Can I prove myself wrong still? Like, mm-hmm. do I still have that? Like, can I? Like, what if I just kept going, gave it my full attention, gave it my focus, and just was open to what I could see, even if it was limited, and even if I felt like I was the only person that didn't understand. Right. Um, like, maybe if I just thought through something would click at some point. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I felt like I had committed, you know, time and money and, you know, all my friends knew this was like the big thing I was going to do. I was like, I can't <laughs> back out now. I really just have to, you know, bite the bullet. And if I fail, then okay. Like I proved that negative voice right. And then I, you know, can then life can go on and I can just go back to working in IT and, and know that that was that, <laughs> but at least I tried, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what was important is I just had to try. I had to just try and then know if it was, if I, if I was right or wrong. Yeah. Do you, so I think you've, you've kind of answered the question that I was um, going to pose to you, which is when you, when you're in that moment, what is it, right? That gets us, that gets you or got you to show up again. Um, and I feel like you've answered it, right? It's, it's kind of like the risk assessment all over again. Um, mm-hmm. what, so if we go back to the original kind of foundation of what Deborah and I were talking about, which is what would you say to somebody starting their training. And again, as we've already said, maybe they, maybe they're ready to hear, maybe they could hear it and maybe they can't hear it. But what, like, what do we say 
to that younger self or to that teacher starting out because it's not, if this is not an uncommon experience, you know, like what the hell did I do? You know, (laughs) because I think a lot of people um, are transitioning. They're making big life transitions like you did, you know, from career. Um, yeah. So what, what is it? What do we anchor ourselves into? How do we, how do we make that decision or what was helpful for you? you know, to, to get you to show up the next day? Yeah. What I think, well, that's kind of what, let's see, let me see if I can answer that, because it's difficult. I mean, and it's probably different for each person, what what will get them through. But what I, I would love to tell any teacher starting out is that they're most likely will become a point where they reach that and that it's, to let them know that it is, that they're not alone in that feeling. Mm-hmm. That we've all, at some point in time, have come in, have we, we've run into that block where, like, this is a huge mistake, what am I doing? I'll, I'll never get this. And just to know that, that we've all been there. Even the best Pilates teacher has mm. been there at some point. Mm-hmm. So maybe the feeling that they're they're actually not alone in that. Um, and that what that vulnerability that they're experiencing is actually part of the process and really um, in my mind it's something that all the good teachers have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as uncomfortable as it is, and it's definitely not comfortable at all, that that vulnerability is um, is actually a gift, and it's something that that they can sort of lean into it and, and let it show up and be, you know, breathe through that and admit, like, I'm feeling so vulnerable right now, mm-hmm. that that can actually really serve them and help them as teachers and will only make them better and will only help them get further through, you know, their journey. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. It's perfect. I mean, it's said so beautifully too. I mean, I think that, um, vulnerability does translate, right? So, a couple of things come to mind. It's like as a teacher, you're really not ever, I mean, are you really ever a master? I mean, maybe there's just, there's levels of wisdom, right? Or or ability to um, see things more clearly or from a a greater vantage point. Uh, And yet I, I, to reflect what you said, feel like the best teachers are always the ones that are willing to be students and to me, that looks like willing to put themselves in uncomfortable situations where they don't know. And, uh, you know, having been a teacher for so many years now, I feel like that's a place that is still not wholly comfortable, but I actually invite it. You know, I really find myself inviting mm-hmm. that, that vulnerability because it's so sweet and it always ends up leading to um, insight and you know, it's not about greater learning. Like at this point in my teaching career, I'm less interested in more information and I'm more interested in understanding the information I already have, how to apply it wisely. And 
I just, to kind of reflect back to you, what you said about vulnerability. So from your vantage point, from your perspective, from the new, new teacher, you know, like the teacher in training perspective, and then all the way to, you know, the somewhat somewhere out in the future perspective. I think that, um, it's such a relevant, um, experience and so valuable, right. That you're talking about. Yeah. And it's, um, I guess it's, you know, it's, it's like, like you and Deborah were sort of talking about, like the, the breakdown, you know, that is, um, it's like this, you know, I guess that's just the heart of, of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And like, the, you know, that's, that is the, the point at which you are the most vulnerable is when you're, you've, you've reached this sort of breakdown. Um, and it's, it's too bad that we sort of beat ourselves up for being vulnerable, mm-hmm. like for whatever, um, you know, experience or like message that we have that we're like, Oh, this, I, I, I don't want to be this open. Um, but it's, it's, um, you know, to kind of reflect back what you're saying, it's just so, it's so valuable. It's so valuable as a teaching moment for yourself as a teacher and just as a human. And it's so valuable to just, just, yeah, just to kind of go through an experience and understand like, you know, I I can be vulnerable and I can come back. And that's, (laughs) I guess that's the good news, you know, like there's a breakdown, but you, you, you can somehow like keep getting through that, um, and to learn to be vulnerable again. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a reflection yeah. too of what happens for our students over and over again. Right. I mean, they, they so show true. up. Yeah. I mean, they show up and they, they have no idea and they just have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very parallel experience. I think for them, they don't know what they're getting into. They may have been told that it's, uh, a bigger deal than they've, you know, might believe, but they don't, you know, whatever doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to them. And then they get in there and it's like somebody speaking a different language and wanting them to move their body in a way that they've perhaps never moved it before. And there is a lot of vulnerability involved in that. So I think it's an interesting parallel between us and our students and what a, what a gift that is, right. For us to be kind of, um, tempered in our own teacher training journey, uh, in a way that's really relevant to holding that place for our students when we, you know, when we are done. So true. Yeah. Let's change gears just a little bit because one of the other things Deborah and I were also talking about was commitment and I wonder if there is anything that sticks out for you in terms of uh, making a commitment to yourself or to your practice or like what was, what was necessary for you? Can you, um, can you speak to that at all in terms of what kinds of commitment you really had to make to yourself um, in order to, you know, kind of get through the process um, I think, you know, I, I guess I can, um, since you're asking me that question, I can only make it personal, but for, for me, it was, 
you know, it was like even getting into the teacher training program was sort of this battle, like this internal battle of like this, you know, negative voice saying you shouldn't even try, it won't work, you'll never succeed versus this sort of um, curiosity of like, is that really true? And, um, you know, I, um, just some of the, um, you know, internal work that I've done before entering the training program, uh, I, I've been really concerned with living a life of, um, look, living a life to where if I'm on my deathbed, so to just stay really in, in tune with the fact that I'm a mortal person, mm-hmm. <laughs> that when that event comes, do I want to look back and regret that I never tried something, or do I want to look back and be glad that I gave it a shot, Mm -hmm. and um, I don't, I didn't, I don't want to be, I didn't want to, I didn't want to see myself as being someone that was full of fear, Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, that's a big motivator for me, is when I'm getting to those places of discomfort, it's, um, okay, is this because I'm scared, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, that's okay, but what am I scared of? <laughs> and, um, and so I guess that, you know, that sort of ties into commitment for me where, you know, I mean, it's kind of silly and it kind of tells you, I guess, about some of my <laughs> neuroses, but, you know, it's <laughs> like I, I experience that negative voice of like, well, you can't, you shouldn't, it'll be scary, it'll be hard, and I, I want to challenge that voice, mm-hmm. like, but I don't, I don't know if you're right, yeah. <laughs> I want to see if you are, because if I listen to you, and then I'm, it turns out you were wrong, like, what, that will just be so, that will just seem like such a waste that I never... You know, I never try to challenge that negativity or try to, like, explore whether or not that was true. Um, And so, you know, it's like, (laughs) you know, it's like a crazy person sort of, like, ending up, like, fighting her own battle to, like, not be crazy by saying, like, well, I'm going to challenge the crazy voice and, and, like, like, prove her wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's going to motivate me to (laughs) to do something um, sort of scary and hard. Yeah. Um, yeah and, you know, so there's that part, but there's also, you know, it's like I, I did, you know, it, it, there's, you know, economic factors, like this is an investment. And I think that's probably really good that you're, you know, it's like you're really investing money. That matters. Right. And so, you know, it's not something you want to just walk away from or say, like, I, you know, I'm just going to quit because it's like, no, I, I need to make this work. Like, this has to work for me. Or, I don't know, I don't even want to think about, you know, like, the alternative. Um, So there's that factor. And then, you know, I sort of made this big identity shift. Or, like, I'm going to change my identity. My identity is going to, it was this. But I wanted to be this other thing. And, you know, sort of the, um, the social implications of that. And not wanting to be, not wanting to 
appear as a failure to, uh, to friends and family or, you know, especially to myself. But it's like, you know, if I went through all this energy to change my identity and say, I'm going to, I'm going to be a teacher. Like, what, is, what, what, what would that mean if I was just suddenly like, oh, I'm just going to actually give up on this now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, so even though those, you know, those are sort of, um, they're sort of like, nets that can kind of catch you even though they may they may not seem like the most idealistic like motivator like it's like it's at the same time it still does sort of drive it drove me to to keep reaffirming like oh this is what I said I would do I need to keep going um and then in terms of my own body um you know, it was again just sort of like this is the, this is this information that I'm getting, and I'm being told that you know, if this this work will have this effect on one's body, and if I'm going to teach that to others, like I really need to know that that's true. Mm-hmm. Like I can't just say that it's true and. Um, and just hope that they'll believe me, <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, I guess, I guess that's kind of what you're always doing, but it's like, if I really know, because I can say, like, I, I actually, you know, did what I'm telling you to do, and I've felt it, like, I'm like, how much better would that, how much, how much more authentic would that be to, you know, a potential student of mine? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, once I kind of saw that, that I wasn't doing that and saw like, well, you know, maybe I should just try what I'm learning to teach so I can validate it. Like how, you know, maybe that would actually help me in this teaching experience. And it honestly, it did. It, it changed everything for me Yeah. once I actually started doing the work. Yeah. That's a, that's interesting. I want to, um, I want to come back to that. Let's try, see if we can remember to hold that for a minute, but I wanted to just, um, okay. Say something about uh, these. These all seem incredibly relevant in terms of the the topic of commitment. And I just was thinking that it's like uh, Deborah and I were talking in the last episode about how one can um, kind of set themselves up for any journey, right? Any new endeavor by looking at like where where are the places where I might um, get tripped up, right? Where are the places where I might fall short? What are my habits, my patterns, what's challenging Mm -hmm. in my life? What do I know about myself? And how can I just put those out there, become aware of them in a very conscious way? And then what am I going to do? What can I do now to proactively support myself, right? In, in Uh moving through those things, it feels like it's a lot of the same thing. I mean, what you're talking about, just identifying what you're committed to um, as a person. And, you know, I know we're looking at this in in a retrospective sense, but, you know, we, we all know when we go through any experience, we have these benchmarks, these moments where we get clear about, yeah, my commitment, you know, is this, even if we don't articulate it that way or, you know, I can support myself in this way. And, um, I think it might just be useful to say that when I hear you talking, it's like, there's a personal commitment to, um, 
uh, like it's not, it's, I don't know. Here's what's kind of, here's what I want to say is it's a commitment to like fearlessness, right? It's like, it's not necessarily not being afraid, but it's a commitment to moving into the fear anyway, right? It's like, it's a commitment to mm-hmm. discernment, right? To knowing yourself, to knowing what's possible. Um, it's very f- interesting to me because this kind of what I think of how I learned it was the Tibetan um, meditation on death, right? Like the deathbed, you know, scenario of getting to the end of your life and, and looking uh-huh. back. And and I think that's something that drives me in pretty intensely. And for me, it feels like a commitment to not regret it, my choices, right? To, to really see that I'm living my life as fully as possible, which means taking risks and, you know, really looking at what's, is my belief or the story that I have about whatever really true? And can I, can I somehow find that out? And so it's just interesting because I think we all have these things and how, how cool would it be if we could take a second at the beginning of any new endeavor and go, okay, what am I really, I'm getting myself into this and what's going to anchor me, you know, what's going to anchor me into this process. And most of us don't have the foresight, you know, to do that. Mostly, I mean, maybe we do in some ways, but even as we go through, right. And we're having these breakdowns to think about like, yeah, how can I, you know, I'm committed to, just, um, what was something else that you said I was thinking about? Um, I don't know, fearlessness and discernment, authenticity, I think is something when you were talking about this shifting in identity, it's like, yeah, this, this, I'm committed to being who I am and what's that really look like? It doesn't, it doesn't maybe look like what I've been in the past but it means revealing something about myself, um, you know, something more, more about myself. So I, it's just, you know, it is a very, it's an interesting journey and it goes to what you said in the very beginning of how transformative it was, uh, you know, so much more than you expected, but, and just how it does. Yeah. Go ahead. It's funny how we sort of know that on a um, on a certain level because it's like we know we're taking on, you know, even if you were some sort of, you know, if you were a, a teacher of any other discipline and deciding you're going to add Pilates, like you know on some intellectual level, like, well, I'm, I'm sort of altering my identity or I'm taking, you know, I'm taking on some new identity that I'm adding to, but it's interesting that we do sort of, maybe it's positive that we're, we still manage to stay unaware sometimes that that means that when you do sort of transform your identity, you know, it's, it's this like big process of the ego, mm-hmm. you know, shedding the old ego and, and bringing, bringing on something new it's like it's it's never really easy but I don't think we like remember that when we we start this process or if we did maybe we'd be like oh my gosh what am I doing I don't want to do that it's really hard yeah um yeah I think that's but yeah when it comes up it's like it's 
like you're saying, it's like those like those touchstones. It's like you you know we kind of do in some ways. Like oh like oh if it gets hard, you know I need to remember if I invested some money in this or I told my friends I would, and I don't want to lose face with them. Or, you know uh-huh. <laughs> you kind of set yourself up maybe subconsciously, like knowing like I will probably need to come back. Like I need to kind of set these things up for me. So when it does get hard, I have that, that, um, commitment level that I can kind of remember and, and it'll keep me going. Yeah. I was going to ask you, um, so was there, did you find yourself actually going through the program and not really, um, like being committed to your own practice? Like what was that? I wanted to just kind of dive into that a little bit more. Um, because I think, uh, sometimes the physical demands are also very shocking for, for students going through the teacher training program, um, which just adds a whole nother level of almost like chaos, right. And intensity that, then fuels the maybe the emotional mental piece too. So, what what was that like for you? Um, yeah, it was it was very. I had um, other physical practices prior to entering Pilates. I was um, a calinetics teacher and um, a pole dance instructor. And, um, so I had what I, I sort of thought was a strong fit body and it, you know, of course I was strong and fit in my, my ways. Um, and then getting into the teacher training program, I, I, I noticed that I had this resistance to the, the coaching I was getting in, like my quality of movement or my, where my strengths, my weaknesses, um, were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's of course like if you're resisting something, you're, you know, you're resistant and it's, it's, it's like, it kind of comes back to that vulnerability. Like, well, I, I'm strong, you know, like, uh, what do you mean? I just, I did that great. <laughs> I tried so hard and now I'm getting feedback that I need to try it differently, you know? And, um, I was sort of, I was expecting, or I was just maybe in that resistance feeling like they're just trying to make this hard for me <laughs> was actually like a thought that I really like went through my head. Like, yeah, why, yeah. why are they making it so hard? Yeah. And um, the thing was, though, I had to, eventually I, I did, confront the fact that first of all that I had that resistance um I wasn't really wanting to go I wasn't wanting to do the recommended workouts so you know it was like I don't know it was like a sort of exhaustion and you know again just kind of like the resistance tied up into that, like, well, I'll just learn the exercises and then I can do my own thing (laughs) kind of thought process. Um, And, you know, I don't remember a specific time where there was um, maybe a breakdown, but 
but it was this kind of evolving awareness that I think they're really right. Like I, I do notice <laughs> that there, I don't have this quality that I, I'm, I'm as I'm practice teaching that I'm telling others that, that I'm starting to kind of see in others, I guess you could say, um, that I would maybe seeing as a teacher, like, okay, you know, I, now I think about it, I don't really have that myself. Mm-hmm. And so it just sort of, you know, just, it, it literally was just one day where I was like, well, um, you know, there's a 30 minute mat and Joseph Pilates wrote this whole book and he made all these promises surrounding this. What if I just started to follow that and just see what happens? You know, would would anything change for me? Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, it's it's built into the program. And I actually and I came across a, something that Deborah told me had written down in my journal to do if I wanted to learn the method, I should do advanced math and you know, it was like the light bulb kind of went off. Like, you know, there it is. Let me just try this out. I'll just experiment and see what happens. And, you know, it really was, it was profound. The, the change that came over my body and, and how, how um, that change accelerated my own, my confidence in my teaching and that, that, that fear that I had um, around teaching, it just sort of, you know, it just sort of started to to not be as big of a deal because mm-hmm. I just, I knew it's like I could really speak. I could really be authentic. Like I know this is true. Um, and I knew that it would come across to my students without like a lot of, it's not like I really had to do some convincing because I would just know it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that I just did know it. And so it was, it was, it was really profound, the shift. And like, once I started to feel it, it was, the that, that, that feeling was sort of, you know, it just sort of enforced the commitment. It's almost like I didn't need to be committed anymore. It was just so self-evident that, like, I had become so much stronger. I had become so much I, I noticed the change in the organization of my body. It was just like, well, this is, you know, like the proof, yeah. <laughs> the proof I was looking for. Like no one needed to tell me at that point. Like I had just like discovered it for myself. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes that has to happen for us to get through. Like we have to find our own way through the resistance, right? To, to find the answer um, that just is like the natural intelligence rather than somebody else telling us that it's true. Um, it's, it is, it's very interesting. And the, I think the resistance for, for people going through the program is also really, you know, it's really common. It's like, uh, I mean, even now I feel when I, you know, do go into a training or I'm being, having my own, movement analyzed in any way there's I notice how that comes up that like I'm a well educated intelligent mover don't tell me I need to I know my left hand string doesn't you know it's like but it it is it is just um yeah it's the resist I don't know there is just it's so familiar that experience of resistance and 
what you were saying about, which I thought was kind of funny, like almost like the, the us against them or me against, you know, you against me kind of thing, like, um, that you were saying, like, you know, when somebody's giving you feedback or, or having you do something a different way. And then that, that inner voice saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm already strong and I already have, you know, already, you know, know how to do something. Um, uh, it's just, it's like chipping away, right? Chipping away at the, um, not only the resistance, but, but I don't know. I hate to bring it back to this again, but <laughs> like breaking down a little bit. I don't know, just moving through reluctance, resistance, um, needing to be right, uh, you know, uh-huh. needing uh-huh. to be good, needing to know. And it's like, well, you can't really be open that way, right? You can't really be mentally open. You can't really be physically open when you're stuck in your habits. You're stuck in your physical habits and patterns. You're stuck in your mental, emotional habits and patterns and your stories. It's like you can't be open to to change that way. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great... It's interesting as a teacher to experience with that, too, um, I think, because it's like, <laughs> it's so funny, you know, it goes back to that vulnerability, um, that vulnerability and trust, but, like, if somebody is giving you feedback as, you know, as a student, even though if you are a teacher, you know, and you're taking a class, it's like you have to sort of be vulnerable and and accept that maybe maybe you do have something to learn from that teacher, even if, you know, you end up learning that, you know, you learn it and you, just, you can decide, well, I don't want to integrate that, but that's nice, you know. Yeah. But Or mm-hmm. maybe it was like, oh, my gosh, like, since I was open, I, I really did learn something valuable that I wouldn't have learned if I'd stayed close to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then also as a teacher... I think I recognized that once I did start to teach, it's sort of this frustration that, um, you know, if I wanted to give all this information, I was so enthusiastic about, you know, this is how you should do this. (laughs) Um, And then encountering that resistance and feeling like, oh, you know, I I guess they're going to resist that. And, um, you know, it is what it is, but it's like, we, it's like, it's just kind of like, it, it's like this feedback loop, I guess. Like, a, there's like the vulnerability and then there's resistance <laughs> we put up. Yeah. And it's like, okay, lean back into the vulnerability because that's the, where the growth happens and that's where the strength builds. Um, and then maybe, you, can, you know, you need to resist it for a little while just to yeah. kind of have, you know, get past the breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> so you can break through somehow. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it makes me also think of, um, uh, you know, Amy has said this to me before, um, like, don't, this idea of don't make a rule of it, like, don't take everything at face value. And, Mm. but, but it's almost like the other side of that, or I don't know, maybe something that's parallel to that. It's like, Okay, somebody is offering you something, whether it's feedback or or just like blatant information, 
And it, it, don't we always just have the choice to take it at face value um, and then try to re-articulate it and then get somebody else to take it at face value, which then it's like the information or the whatever it is, it becomes kind of thinner and thinner and thinner, right? And then we have to kind of fake it more and more and more. And there is, um, and then that, that creates a lack of confidence, right? And a lack of being able to be decisive or to even see clearly. Whereas if we're given feedback or information and we can ask ourselves, how can I know this for myself? Let me know this for myself first and, and then decide whether that's like, I mean, just to what we're talking about, like, let me just know the advanced work. Let me have the experience of doing it regularly. And then let me know for myself whether what, what I'm being told is true. And then it's not, and then the re-articulating and the educating of somebody else comes from that place. And it's not thin, it's strong, right? It's very deep. And there's a level of confidence that, um, is really unshakable because you, you have known it for yourself in a very tangible, visceral, experiential way. So uh, it's, it's interesting too, because Deborah and I were talking yesterday about what will we talk about next time and, um, showing up for self care and self practice was, was, is the topic that we're going to be venturing into in our next podcast. And it just, um, makes me think of that, right. Of, of the value of, from a teacher's perspective of continuing to show up for your own practice and why we would do that even after we've been through our program teaching for, you know, however much time we've been teaching. So yeah, I think that's great. And that was a great point that, that yeah, you, you, the, that visceral knowledge, it, that it's, it's not diluted at that point. It's not just the thing you're repeating. Mm-hmm. I, oh, someone told me this one time. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, I know this in myself, you know, there's like a cellular, cellular level. It's true. Yeah. And even if it's, you know, that you can obviously teach to the body in front of you, but you, because you have it in you, you can, I feel like be a more effective teacher. Yeah. To, and, to come to wherever they are. Yeah. Because it's adaptable, right? Because you, it's not, it, yeah, it doesn't become broken at any point, no matter what direction you go, because the anchor is still in your own experience, you've validated it. I think that's a word you used earlier. You've just like, you've validated it for yourself. What it makes me also think of, and then we should kind of wrap up, but, um, is that it doesn't always happen. It like, like we're describing right in a moment or like kind of in an intense experience, but sometimes it happens over a very, very long period of time over years of teaching where in the beginning we do have to just take it at face value a little bit and we are kind of, you know, kind of faking it a little, right? We're, we're regurgitating Mm -hmm. information. It's like, well, I'm teaching it this way because I've been told that this is the most effective way. And I'm, I'm taking that on trust. Um, and 
I'm trusting not only that that's true given the source, but I'm also trusting that at some point in my teaching experience, I will also know it's true, but not yet, right? And not now. So I don't think good quality teaching um, only happens once you've had the the visceral experience, the felt sense and knowing of something. Uh, and I just want to be really clear about that. I think sometimes we do just you know, it's not faking it necessarily, but we're just taking it at face value until we have the experience of knowing it for ourselves. And sometimes that takes years and years and years and years and years. It's the physical practice can happen. I think more can be more immediate, which is awesome. I think that's a great point though. And that's something that I, that got me through my teacher training program was, um, I've done in the past, I, I had like the barest minimum of acting experience where I tried out for a play and got a part and I'd never done it before. And so it was like this, oh my gosh, I'm going to just act in a play. And it, <laughs> it was this really um, amazing experience. But I started to think of um, teaching when I would have these experience or these opportunities to teach. And that's sort of where I had to start, uh, knowing that I I felt so not confident in my experience as far as teaching Pilates. I was, like, scared, even, that people mm-hmm. would ask me to teach Pilates because I had this, this um, you know, the fear that I would, that everyone would know that I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> right. um, and I, <laughs> I just started to see it as, you know, it's like, well, at one point, I had I was able to take on a character or a role that I had basically just made up. I mean, of course, the character was written, but it was like I got to sort of fill in what that character was. And that was just, I, I don't, you know, it was just something that got me through the first, you know, like probably two dozen or three dozen times of teaching a class was sort of talking myself into this role of, like, I'm going to get into character and I'm going to stay in character no matter what, even if I feel like I'm doing a bad job or I forget the next exercise or somebody asks a question or, or you know, whatever, like, <laughs> like terrible thing might befall me as a teacher, um, <laughs> you know, the things that cause those panic moments or you feel your, like your confidence is shaken, I was, my my strategy for coping and just kind of getting that practice and getting that confidence was to pretend that I was just in a role. Mm-hmm. And it made it easy in some ways to, to sort of be able to detach in a way because it can be really, really scary to get up in front of a class and teach or even just go one-on-one. Um you know, both, both circumstances, you're in, again, it's, you're in that vulnerable place and, and it's, you know, it's just, it can just be difficult to, to feel, to feel like something you're excited about the first couple of times you yeah. go in. Um, and so, you know, like you were saying, it's like, if you sort of take it at face value and maybe just let it be okay that you're not an expert teacher, uh, an expert teacher yet. Right. You're not the most, 
you know, you have, you don't have it in your body yet. Like, that's okay. That's okay to like, you know, maybe fake it a little bit. (laughs) Maybe, you know, embellish your character a little bit because in the end, like most people are not going to know that you don't know, you know, maybe you don't have the rollover down pat yet. Like, Mm -hmm. so what? (laughs) You can... You can, it's okay to get, it's okay to like fake it, fake it a little bit until you make it. Yeah. Is what I would tell some, some beginning teachers. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to let, um, uh, this has been an amazing conversation and I want to thank you so much for all your insights. And to that last point that you made, um, I wanted to just say that there is a Ted talk by a woman named, oh gosh, I think it's. I think it's Amy Cuddy, like C-U-D-D-Y. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, and she, uh, there's something she says at the end. It's something about body language, um, but what she says at the end, it's not fake it till you make it, it's fake it to be it, right? Fake it until Mm. you are it. And um, it's a great TED Talk. Uh, if you haven't heard it um, or seen it, you should definitely check it out. It's so great. She talks about power poses. I, I've seen it, and I love it. Yeah. yeah. She, she was definitely that, – that TED Talk was such an inspiration to me yeah, like, as, a, as a teacher. It's awesome. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> it's, it's like something that every teacher should – watch once a week when they start their student teaching, you know, and go into the bathroom and take a power pose for two minutes and then, <laughs> and then go out and teach. And so believe it or not, like when I did one of my, um, my practice practical for the Pilates center, I went into the bathroom stall <laughs> and stood in that power pose that she recommended. Oh and God. I was like, well, <laughs> it couldn't hurt. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so fun. I I joke about it a lot with my teachers, but I I get such a kick out of it because every time I do it, I feel really I feel really confident. I just it's so amazing. <laughs> okay, so um, if you haven't watched it, everybody who's listening, you should definitely just you should end this podcast and and go watch it. It's really awesome. And then tell all your friends. <laughs> Um, well, Stacy, thank you so much. It's been a really, real pleasure to talk with you, and I appreciate all your openness and honesty. And um, I'm hoping to plan a trip to the Pilates Center this summer, so hopefully we'll actually get to meet in person. Oh, great, Chantel. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun, and yeah. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And... Yeah, that's it for now, and Deborah and I will be back on the next show. We'll be talking about self-care and self-practice and what what does it mean um, as teachers to show up for your own practice. So if you want to weigh in on that topic, you can um, email us at thinkingpilatespodcast at gmail.com. All right, that's it for now. Thanks a lot. All the things that make you sing and tap your little toes Oh